Hello, and welcome to the first Chainsaw Buffet interview of 2012. And if uh, today's guest is any indication about how the rest of this year is going to go, I really hope the minds are incorrect. Because today we've got TV, movie, and star of two of the uh, most highly anticipated games this year in Final Fantasy XIII 2 and Mass Effect 3, Allie Hillis. Allie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited. Oh, we, well, we are too. We certainly do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I think as an interviewer, uh, anytime I interview uh, any any actor or actress, I think I'm contractually obligated to ask this question, even though there's uh, always stuff that you can't talk about. But uh, what projects have you been working on lately? Well, I can't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> That's no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, I think everybody knows what couple of big projects i've been working on for the past year right that are going to be released mm, very soon yes i'm very excited um and uh there are i you know most of you guys can go to imdb.com and search me and see what's been going on but what i've been having fun with i've been having a lot of fun with uh naruto any naruto fans out there you know i'm sure there are a few <laughs> I especially love playing uh, Karin because I get to choose which personality she's going to be from minute <laughs> to minute to minute. <laughs> and I get to work with such great people like Yuri Lowenthal, and that's super fun. And actually, I think you talked with a very nice gentleman named Liam O'Brien. We did. Yes, and actually he is the reason that i i ended up working on naruto he was there for the first audition so i'm very grateful to him and uh, a lovely man named joe moeller who also produces a little game called final fantasy um, nice. yeah 13 and 13 too so those guys those guys got me into naruto which has been a blast both the series and the and the game so i'm having a lot of fun with that and i think um some of you guys watch probably the X-Men anime. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had the luxury of, of playing Emma Frost recently, which was a lot of fun. That's very nice. Although being compared to January Jones in the movie was not easy, but uh, I, I found it pretty fun to play. Any, any character whose boobs are bigger than her head, I'm all in. <laughs> well, you should, uh, you should try and get on like, some, uh, some Ninja Gaiden or some Dead or Alive or something like that. Oh, I should try to get in on some of that, shouldn't I? Yeah. That'd be really fun. Wow. <laughs> Those characters' boobs are bigger than the moon, so. Are you going to give up? Are you going to give up my dead or alive? I've never talked about that in an interview. Never. I I, I have I, I saw the uh the Ninja Guy in 3 trailer and heard a very familiar yeah. voice in it. Um, oh, yes. So. And and pa paired up with another very familiar voice. Mhm. Mm it not so unlike Lightning and Snow. No. Uh, except in a completely different <laughs> environment. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Little Ninja Gaiden. That was a blast. A lot of fun. But uh, yeah. Wow. Not a lot of people bring up Dead or Alive Paradise. So if you didn't know, everybody out there, yes, I play a very um, buoyant <laughs> character. <laughs> I don't think um, anyone's actually going to admit to owning that game. Millions of copies are sold. No one owns it. It's it's the strangest thing. <laughs> oh, how embarrassing. I have a funny story behind that if you want to hear it. I would love to hear it. Well, 
I auditioned for that, legitimately auditioned for it. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds nothing like lightning. So if you guys go try to find Rio in Dead or Alive Paradise, she doesn't, she doesn't sound a lot like me. But she was a lot of fun to play. And I'll tell you, it was directed by the same director of Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> and part of me wonders if maybe there was just a little bit of a devilish, devilish scheme um, to my playing that role in Dead or Alive because uh, there was a lot of laughing going on on the other side of the glass. <laughs> and I think pretty much it was the director making lightning act like a, a you know, with all due respect, Rio, please forgive me, a bimbet behind the jack- blackjack table. There was a lot of squealing. There was a lot of a lot of noises. I, I don't know. It, I don't know, guys. Can you still respect me in the morning? I don't know. But I, I actually think that I, I might have booked that role as a for a good laugh. <laughs> I think the director was having a blast. Jack Fletcher, he's, oh, my gosh, wonderful guy. People behind the games are, are very well-educated theatrically. Jack went to Juilliard, and he directs at NYU in New York City. So these directors aren't playing around, people. Jenny McSwain, a, a lot of these people. Andrea Romano, very, very um, theatrically trained directors behind your games. Yes. And, of course, uh, uh, there, there's a little bit of joking around when they, when they uh, you know, when they make you act like, uh, to use oh, your yeah, word, no, uh, I've been I, bad. I think- yeah, I think Jack was just downright being mean. <laughs> but as long as the check clears, who cares? I was going to say, hey, it was a job. That's and right. maybe that is a side of me. Maybe I can go from, you know, humans are tools. You know, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> oh, no. You, you don't have to worry about being pigeonholed with uh, all these serious roles anymore. You can You can branch out. You know, and that's what I love about doing voiceover. It's like theater behind the mic. And you you don't have to look a certain way or walk a certain way or talk a certain way because nobody can see you. So you right. can be whatever you want to be. Unlike TV and film, which I love very much as well. But it's um it's really cool when you're stuck in one of those little rooms and can kind of just come up with a crazy character that you'd never be cast in on film. Well, let me ask you, what is it that first drew you to acting? Well, I think I was dragged, kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) I was, uh, I actually, my my dad, my mom were, when I was growing up, they had me sing a lot. You know, I sung my ABCs. I sang all the things that kids sing, only I I, I guess they saw promise and, and forced me up in front of a church congregation to sing. I'd like to teach the world to sing. And I was just mortified and scared, and I was probably, I think I was probably like nine years old, so what, third grade or something. And I got up there, and I think my shaky little voice was barely making it over the sound of the piano. And then by halfway through, I noticed that people were actually paying attention to me and smiling. And probably by the end, I was belting it out like an idiot, and I got a lot of applause. So, I mean... (laughs) When you put a kid up in front of a bunch of people and you tell them to do something and then that act garners applause, you know, you better be careful because they might just do it for the rest of their life. <laughs> so I guess in in essence, stage or being up on stage is what drew me into acting in the first place, being able to get up in front of people and 
and sort of transport them to another place or make someone who's not so happy happy sort of made a difference to me when I was a kid. That's, still does. Still does. <laughs> that's a very interesting um, answer. I, I, I've, I've asked that to a lot of the folks that have come on the podcast. And, you know, the answers are, are always pretty different. But I, I think that's the first time I've heard it ever heard someone talk about it in a way that, uh, you know, they, they just kind of want to, to make someone else smile or, or get a reaction from somebody else. It's, it's a very human uh, yeah. response. I mean, it's, it's the reason I do a lot of the things that I do in life, but, you know, I never really suppose I, I, I looked at it in performance, but it makes that doesn't way. make sense. Yeah. Well, it's down. I think that's just a childlike way of looking at it. You know, if, if you take it down to the absolute simplicity and the essence of it, you know, it was a nine-year-old seeing that she did something that made other people happy. And, and so I kept doing it. Of course, then you get into your teenage years and you need some sort of emotional outlet because you hate the world for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> and then acting sort of, you know, helps you through that. And then, you know, you realize that you can make money doing it. And you start, you know, thinking that maybe you could do it on a professional level. And, and then you second guess yourself a million times over and, and try other things like interior design or, or whatever else you think would be <laughs> a more intelligent choice than trying to go into acting as a profession. And then doors just keep opening. And, and every time you try something else, basically life just slaps you in the face and says, you know, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> this is here for you. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Stop going the wrong direction. You know, I'm I'm leading you. So I just kept following the path, so to speak, and trying to make all the right choices for myself. And it just kept leading me back into acting. So and singing, singing really was kind of the core of what started the whole thing. So you know, that's that's where it started for me. And and I still feel exactly the same way, um, although it's become more of an artistic journey as time went by, you know, it became more multifaceted and it wasn't just the simplicity of making people happy. But I think when we get down to the bones of it, yeah, it's probably it. And every time I see an autograph for a fan, I think that's, you know, makes me feel the same way. Yeah. I was about to say, I think, uh, at least for, for my two cents, I think that that's definitely true. Playing, playing some of the games and watching, you know, like the the X Men anime and things like that, you know, it, it definitely does uh, bring a certain joy and satisfaction uh, to me as a as a as a player and a, as a consumer. So, oh come on, I want to believe that, but you're just infatuated with Emma's boobs. That, th- well, there is that. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I wrote one time and and said one time that uh, Lightning was was probably my favorite Final Fantasy character of all the uh, characters that have come down through the series, and I've I've played it nice. you know, ever since the first one. And the reason was was that no boobs, no, not no boobs. It was the fact that <laughs> I would think something, and at that point in the game, she would actually go out and do it. Like, oh, awesome. uh, you know, I'd say somebody really needs to punch Snow in the face, and she'd go and punch Snow in the face. Not say. <laughs> Hope's acting like a worthless little kid, and she'd say, "Hope, you're worthless." And I, I just, it would, it would make me happy. I think you're probably making like your listeners happy right now, saying all that. And, and I mean nothing against uh, the the game makers or the or the script writers or the actors or anything like that, but uh, no, but yeah. and you know what? 
when I booked that role because, you know, that was, I mean, Xenosaga for me was sort of, I mean, I didn't even know what I was doing in Xenosaga. They were so <laughs> sweet. I, I mean, honestly, and, and, and I, I still work with, with those guys today at this, this wonderful little company called Cup of Tea Productions. Cup of Tea is one of my favorite names for a, a studio. But when I did Xenosaga, I didn't know anything about anime. I didn't know anything about voicing games. Kind of obviously. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, but I, I just went in and really didn't have any clue what I was doing. And and it was really fun, but I kind of still walked out going, what in the world did I just do? And just because voicing for things like this is so totally different than voicing for commercials or, you know, promo things, whatever. It's it's really, really different. And, and also with Xenosaga we were having to put it in the flaps, as we call it. We were having to dub in the English. And that was new to me, too. And the only dubbing or ADR that I'd ever done in my life was for my own movies, which, you know, it's pretty easy to to use your own speech patterns and, and put your own words in the flaps and in your mouth. But when you're trying to put it in a Japanese-speaking animated character from space, it's <laughs> it, it was a challenge, to say the least. And I would like to think... Um, that when you guys go back and listen to all that, you can hear the development. When I got to Mass Effect, that was really kind of my first time playing a really fleshed out, um, a blue fleshed out uh, role in a game that, that I got to create from square one. And, and Ginny McSwain and, and Bioware and I, I think really it was a collaborative effort coming up with that whole personality and, and everything she was, you know, she was kind of my first real acting role in a game because I got to make choices and I felt like I could move around behind the mic and not be stuck in, in trying to fit the words in, into the mouth. And then when we got to Lightning, you know, I just, I auditioned for Lightning. I think I read five lines. I think it was just five, but they were so simple and they were so well written. And I think I just, I remember the audition, which we, you know, we do tons of auditions. You know, I, I only wish that I could be a normal person sometimes and only interview for the job of a lifetime once <laughs> every 10 years instead of three times a day because it, it does get a bit exhausting. When I remember that audition for Lightning and because there was something about it that stood out to me, eh, there was a depth of character that I found in in a video game character that I hadn't really felt in, in all of them. They, it was different. So when I actually booked the job, Jack Fletcher sat me down and really, you know, welcomed me into the world of the game and, and explained a lot to me. And I had to do a lot of research because, you know, outside of us playing Final Fantasy when I was in high school, the game has evolved just a little bit, don't you think? People nodding their heads right now as they're listening. That, uh -huh. um, so I was really excited when Jack sat me down and and let me know that he wanted this character to have depth and he wanted this character to be real. And he wanted her to have, you know, all of these different levels and that to him, it wasn't just a video game. You know, we're doing, we're, we're playing people in a world that are fighting for their lives. And, and, um, so that was, that was really cool. And I was also really excited to learn that, you know, I was playing a role, uh, a female role that, um, essentially 
you know, didn't need to be saved. She wasn't a victim in any way. She wasn't a vixen. She wasn't an evil witch. She was just a really strong female character who'd been through a lot of, I'm trying to think another word that's not a four-letter word, been through a lot of stuff in her life. Uh-huh. You know, it was really cool. Anyway, I'm babbling, but it, it was really cool to get behind the mic and, and play a role that had such depth. And they said that when they heard my voice, that they just knew that it that it was me. And I was like, oh, that's great. Because they hear, you know, hundreds of voices. Who knows how many? So it's cool that I connected with it from the get-go. And then whatever I connected with, they picked up on. And, and here we are. Pink hair and all. <laughs> well, you've done a lot of work on TV, movies, doing voiceover roles. Are there any of those different types of performances that you prefer as an actress? I don't think so. I think I just like to work. I mean, I'm, I don't think. I know. I just like to work. And I love what I do. And I know that I'm very lucky to do something that I love every single day because, you know, my grandfather spent 30, 40 years of his life working just to work and just to bring home money to support his family. And I think I'm, you know, I've I've worked my butt off for it to get here to the point where I can make a living doing something that I love. It took a long time. I waited a lot of tables. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely ate a lot of pasta with peanut butter on it. Right. Just to, <laughs> you know, taking home food from the restaurants that was left over, like mashed potatoes and soup. But um, but no, I don't think I have a preference. Recently, I was in New York City and I was watching some Broadway. I went to see some Broadway shows, which I can now afford to go see. Yeah. <laughs> When I was auditioning for Broadway shows, I couldn't afford to even go see any of them. But um, but it reminded me of where I came from, theater and being on stage. And I love that. I have a huge passion for that because that's just a, I mean, that's immediate. You know, the energy of the audience feeds you and, and you're affected by them, whether it's a high energy or low. And that's kind of cool. Very different from being in the recording studio all by yourself right behind a piece of glass like a fish it's very different from being on a mad crazy television set you know where everybody's moving all the time and you know you're getting a million directions at once and expected to follow them perfectly and hoping you can get everything done in one to two takes that's a bit chaotic but i love the insanity of it all and then movie sets which sometimes take you to far off places and not the best climate <laughs> and not the best situations, but at the same time, you're sort of happy to be uncomfortable because it's different and it's scary. And I like Eleanor Roosevelt's um, quote, do at least one thing every day that scares you. And I really try to do that, whether it's tasting a new food or stepping into the studio, playing a role on a new anime series where I don't know the character. So I, I don't have a preference, man. I don't. Uh- I love Oh, I just want to work. I just want to make money doing what I love. And and hopefully um, when people tweet me, they're going to talk about interesting things because they feel like they know me. And that's one really cool thing about you know Twitter and Facebook is now I can get to know you guys. And it's very different. You know, Only the last few years we've been able to do that and connect that way. Right. Well, I'll say uh, in, in reference to your, uh, to your quote, um, 
I'd say that both uh, this, you know, taking on this interview as well as any time that you ever communicate with a fan via uh, Twitter or Facebook, I think those count towards your uh, one something scary a day. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Oh, dude, you're so cool. I know. Um, you're right, John. It is scary. It's scary because you know we we have to be careful and and um, there's a lot of stuff I know that you don't know. Uh, I'm sure there is. Um, <laughs> I have to be so careful, but it's fun. I mean, people like you and I mean, you, you guys have such a cool site. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Love the stuff that you're doing. I mean, raising money for charity. Not everybody does that. And how much did you guys raise? Um, I think b- between the uh, ourselves and the various podcasts that uh, that participate in the event, uh, we raised over 30000 Woo! <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry, did I blow your speakers out? Uh, I don't think so. Are you wearing headphones right now? I, I am wearing headphones right now. That is awesome. That is so amazing. That is so awesome. Congratulations. You and everyone that, that uh, you know, is a fan of your site is deserves huge credit for that. I wish I, I wish I had known about it. I would have donated myself. Maybe I'm going to send you a check after this. Interview. Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to you. There, there may be something, uh, something else down the path. We, we might have to get with you about it. Please, please include me because... I have to say that the coolest thing about doing what I do, the absolute coolest thing, is being able to make a difference. To make a difference in one person's life at, at a convention, sign something for them or give them some encouragement in their own life, or, or being able to influence people to raise money, uh, just to you know, make a difference in this world because you know, we only have one life. We've got to go for it. So nice job. Congratulations. I, I'm really happy to hear that. Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, coming from you, that means a lot. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Well, they still need help over there. It's it's funny how you know, in the news, things things become so huge and then disappear, virtually. When yeah. really, people are still hurting and they, and they still need help. So. Absolutely. And and unfortunately, it's it's to the point where it's getting difficult to remind people because uh, it is they they're of the mindset of well, we are you know we already you know donated, you know we are we already. Yeah. We already helped. Our conscience is clear, right? Uh, and unfortunately, the it's it's far from over for them. No, uh, yeah, truly. I mean, we still. Uh, I think I'm okay to say this. Whenever you front something with that, <laughs> people wait. I gotta listen now. Um, but yeah, even during uh, Final Fantasy 13 too, we were having delays just due to, you know everything that went on over there and, yeah. and people were still dealing with a lot and and we'd have delays in recording just because you know we couldn't get material or whatever and you know the earthquake wasn't so far gone that it wasn't going to keep affecting us throughout the year it it really did and and um hey we got it done and i think we did a good job but it's still we were still being affected throughout the recording of that game, um, so everybody out there is still hurting. And if you still have uh, any links on your website for people to donate to Japan, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody out there. Well, uh, it's it's tough to segue from something um, as as, uh, <laughs> as Steve is at and, and try and get back into the the swing of things. But um, just yeah, talk, go for it. Just uh, talking about your career a little bit. Um, you know, we we talked about you know how how you don't really have a, a preference in terms of um, 
you know the t- the kind of roles you take you know whether they they come you know on tv or on film or or voiceover or what have you um do you see that uh, a particular focus in your career in one of these areas or um are, are you just kind of taking whatever work uh, comes your way i know uh it, this last year was pretty diverse for you. I think I saw you uh, on CSI. It, it's the only time that I ever uh, went out of my way to DVR CSI. But uh, whoa, thank you so much! And how ironic was it that there was a whole entire video gaming plot? I I thought about that, that the time I watched it. I'm like, you know, are, like was I, was like that I intentional it. or? Yeah. It's like I play. I did actually get. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I planned it. Uh huh. Yeah, I told CSI. I was like, you know what? Thank you so much for the offer, but unless you somehow incorporate gaming into your plot line, then I'm not gonna do the role. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> CSI. <laughs> That's a load of crap. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was pretty ironic that that you know, but that that just goes to show you know what a what a front runner front runner gaming is in in the entertainment industry, which you know some of the older generation they're just still not. They're not on board yet. They don't understand how huge it is. And, um, you know, that's okay. That's all right with me. Uh, as far as as far as far work goes, though, I, I am actually picky about my roles. I am picky about my roles and projects. But uh, I'll never do something that I don't feel true to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if my... If it goes against my morals in any way, or yes, I do have morals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if if it's just something that I don't want out there, you know, recently I had an audition for a feature film um, <laughs> to play a hooker, and I have nothing against hookers. Hey, do what you got to do. But um, I don't really want to play one in a film right now because I have uh, – you know, I never say never, but at the same time, I respect um, the fans that I have accumulated over the years. And I've done a lot of good work and um, out of respect more than anything for my family and my friends and my fans. I think I just want to always make sure that that I don't compromise myself in any way. Um, when I auditioned for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was my very first studio film, uh, my first studio film audition. It wasn't a huge part, but it was it was it was actually in the grand scheme of of Hollywood. And you know, usually your first role in a, a feature film is you know third chick to the left with the umbrella over her face. Right. So, so I was pretty happy to have you know several very good scenes and and you know Robert Downey Jr. is nothing to laugh at. I mean, he is when he's being funny, but you know what I mean. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, actually that original audition, I went in and, uh, I read my, my audition, I'd made my choices and I felt like I did a good job and they kept the camera running and the casting director said, okay, you know, Allie, are you, are you comfortable with the, uh, the nudity? And I said, nudity. She said, oh yeah, there's, there's nudity actually in your scenes. You're going to be naked in bed with Robert Downey Jr. And don't go rent it because of that, because I wasn't by the way, um, <laughs> But I told her, I said, no, oh, I didn't know that. I said, I actually didn't know. I had just gotten to L.A. You know, I'd just come off, you know, doing New York theater and, and indie film out there. And I just, you know, I, you know, I just didn't, I didn't have any desire. And she said, well, you know, you realize this is a movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. You're willing to say no to that. It's going to be very tasteful, the nudity. And I said, 
you know what? I just can't. And she said, do you mind if I ask you why? And she still had the camera on. And I said, Nana doesn't need to see nipples. (laughs) 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 And that's the tape that she actually showed to Shane Black, the director, and Joel Silver, the producer. And so when they did call me a week later and cast me, which made me scream out loud because I, I thought, of course, you know, if I said I won't do the nudity, I'm, I'm not in contention for this role anymore. No brainer. But um, when they called and offered it to me, of course, I was losing my mind because I was so excited and I was very confused. <laughs> and when I got to set, the first thing Shane Black said to me was, Nana doesn't need to see nipples. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was like, you know what? I'm telling you people, if you just stick to what you believe in and, and follow your own path and you know, march to the beat of your own drummer, then you can get where you're supposed to be. Well, well, I I will not say anything bad about about your values, and I just absolutely respect you for sticking to them. But just if, in case anyone's you know <laughs> listening, I will not say no to being a hooker. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, I, I won't <laughs> I, say no. I bet you'd be a good one. I bet you'd be a good one. I could just see you in the garter belts right now. You know. Oh, I don't wow. know why it is every time I do uh, one of these interviews, I always end up bringing up the story. But uh, I thought you were going to say I always end up bringing up hookers. I'm like, what? Yeah, that too. But um, <laughs> And by the way, when they asked me to do the nudity in, in Mass Effect, I said, hey, I'm a blue alien. Rock and roll. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not you. It's, it's, uh, it's someone else. <laughs> Well, also, I thought that it was really tastefully done. You know, I didn't necessarily know what I was voicing when those scenes were happening, to tell you the honest truth. I really didn't know. So when I saw the final product and, you know, the news, I think it was Fox News, was going so crazy about it and and saying, oh, you know, how awful video games are being so sexual, this and that. You know, I stand up for what I believe in. I've said, well, I need to educate myself and I need to make sure that what I'm doing is something that I – would stand behind. And I, I watched all those scenes over and over. I'm like, you know, this is the most tasteful relationship oriented, uh, affection I've ever seen. I mean, it's almost 1940s style. It's almost like backlit and alluded to, and it was gorgeous. Not to mention it's rated M and you have to play 29 hours to get there and condition a relationship between two people. You know? I, was about, I was about to say, she doesn't just jump into bed with you. Not that I no, would know. Not, not that I played through the game or anything. Yeah, she doesn't. So, it, yeah, anyways, it was pretty comical that they're they're going to, you know, harp on that and not other things. But anyway, it's kind yeah. of funny. I think I was I was definitely dirtier in Dead or Alive Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's not saying much. Uh, with, with all due respect to Team Ninja, I love those guys. But, yeah, that's not saying much. <laughs> Hey, they are really good at boob work. Did you see those things? They're, they can go in position. They they can go in opposite directions. I mean, it's unbelievable. Graphic. It's so realistic. It really is. It's just they they are pioneers <laughs> in their field. I will. They are I will pioneers. They are definitely pioneers in their field, and I am very proud to say that I was able to play the butt bump contest or the butt <laughs> bump contest in the pool. That was that was awesome. You you have advanced something hey the butt bump contest is not easy okay no no it is to not stay on that, to stay on that little floaty while you try to bump somebody else off you try that <sighs> it wasn't easy no i don't i don't imagine it would be yeah <laughs> oh wow um 
<laughs> Do I have you all for clamped? <laughs> you know, this happens at least once a podcast. Once an interview. Um, one time, I, I'm going to go back to this story, even though even though you let me off the hook, I'm going to put myself back on. Oh. Um, you know, I was talking about how the the whole uh, I I wouldn't refuse to play a hooker. Um, I told yes, yes. to uh, Micah Solisa, another uh, of your of your uh, voice acting compatriots, um, mm-hmm. in an interview um, about my one of my early theater experiences was my best friend's mother ran our our youth group in our church, and uh-huh. she had us doing this youth play, and they needed someone to play like a grandmother. See, you started the same way I did. Yes, yeah, so I I started out, uh, you know, in in a skirt and uh, bra and uh, wow, literally the same way I did. Yeah, and I didn't expect that. And I didn't wig. Expect that. Well, you know, if they do a Final Fantasy thirteen three, maybe they can give me a call. <laughs> I've got I'll tell them. I'll tell them you're willing to wear bra and a skirt, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. I'll 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 run to the booth like that. Um, it's it's fine, really. I'm not sure. Do I'm not sure how that would fly. <laughs> uh, probably not well. That's that's probably why uh, they haven't they haven't returned my calls or <laughs> my demos. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so funny. Well, let's see. Okay, uh, I'm gonna Sorry, try. Back on track. Back on track. It's so hard. Um, you know. Going back to the whole uh, Nana doesn't need to see nipples thing, that that does bring up an interesting question. Um, who has had the biggest influence on your career? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I think there's not a one person. I think there's an, sort of an umbrella of people, starting with my parents and then uh, actually my teachers in life. Both my I, I can remember way back to, you know, my music teacher in fifth grade who who was very encouraging. And even though I was really scared to get up in front of, you know, the, the church or the school and sing, she was always so encouraging. And, and sometimes after class, you know, she'd ask me to stay and I'd be like, oh, great, now I'm in trouble. What did I do? Did I not put the symbols away correctly or you know, <laughs> in my little fifth grade music class, my tambourine got broken. <laughs> what happened? Um, but she actually would pull me aside and, and tell me, you know, that, that I was a good singer and, and that I should, um, that I should keep singing because I was really good at it. And, and it did encourage me a lot. It really did. And then when I was in junior high school, I had a chorus teacher that, told me that I wasn't an alto. I was a soprano. And I was like, you're out of your mind. I'm an alto. My teacher in fifth grade told me that with a tambourine. Um, and so she, she said, okay, I know you're not comfortable singing this other part, but I want you to try. And so I think that was, you know, the biggest influences in my life were the teachers that, that pushed me to be better and to be more and to stretch, stretch my, uh, ability levels try to work for for something even further than i ever thought you know i could reach and in essence i guess that was do do at least one thing every day that scares you because um, yes. yeah i mean even an eighth grade chorus mrs setzer that was her name mrs setzer and mr setzer her husband was my high school teacher in chorus and um those teachers made a huge impact on my life and mr bernstein my u.s history teacher who when you know, I was a 
angsty teenager and fighting with my mom and you know he reminded me that I was worth something and that I you know I was talented and smart and and that I should never give up my dreams and and it was all of those teachers really that encouraged me and I was very involved in my community theater I went to school all day and I did various school activities and then I also was involved in in the community with this uh theater program in Charlotte, North Carolina, named the Ensemble Company. And it was just 12, you know, teenagers basically who went there to escape probably. <laughs> I think I was half escaping because I was, you know, I was a teenager. I was fairly happy, but, you know, we all need to get out our frustrations or whatever that build up. And um, I did that on stage instead of, I don't know, other ways, partying and stuff. But I was I was a pretty happy kid, and I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the encouragement of my parents and all of the teachers in my life who really uh, laid the groundwork for my confidence in myself and reminded me that, you know, no matter how, time, how many times I should fail at something, that I should just brush myself off, get up, and, and keep going. And let me tell you, anyone out there who is – thinking about being a voice actor or an actor or anything like that, you know, you have to learn how to fail. You have to learn how to fail well. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I, I don't, I say the word fail, but I don't really believe in it to tell you the truth because I think our only competition in life is really ourselves. So, you know, if, if you think you failed, then, you know, it's time to look in the mirror and, and remind yourself that you're worth something and that you have something to give and just follow your heart. Cause that's what all those teachers taught me, and, and I think they were the biggest influence in my life, teachers and and theater directors, and, you know, they were, for sure. Well, that, well I, I can't even come up with a good response to that. I, I think that's, <laughs> that's an amazing answer. Um, I, probably not what you expected, though. There are definitely actors I look up to in the voiceover community as right. well, in theater and film and TV, but, but if, again... I'm getting getting pretty personal with you. Gosh, you just bring it out of me. Uh, well, I have that fact. Um, yeah, <laughs> just getting to the essence of it all, you know. That's that's honestly been one of my favorite questions to answer the guests that come on here because every one of them go, usually gives a very personal and unexpected response, and uh, I think for me, it's it's one that uh, strikes a chord with me because, um, you know. My my teachers definitely had a huge impact uh, on my life personally and, and helped me. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. I was going to ask you, yeah, so your teachers did as well? Absolutely. Um, one, one in particular, the one that, that made me cross-dress. Um, she, oh! <laughs> <laughs> she, she was also uh, also my uh, high school English teacher. and, and oh, she cool. She really did uh, a number of things. And honestly, if it weren't for her guidance – and and a lot of the talents that she brought out in me in high school, um, you know, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation, and I wouldn't have been a part of of the fundraising effort because, uh, you know, she she brought out a, a certain side of me that uh, realized he was good at um, going out writing letters to people, you know, uh, saying hey, here's what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, and getting people to come on board with things because uh, she had me. Uh, in her uh, club in high school, which was a uh, drug prevention uh, club. So we would, you oh, know, cool. write, uh, you know, 
people in state government and things like that to try and get funding for events and things like that. So a lot of that came from me and uh, a lot of those things I learned, you know, just uh, being being willing to step up and, and uh, do something for a cause I believe in or, you know, just being willing to take a chance and say and, and ask somebody, hey, are you willing to do this for us? Yeah, because, you know, it's amazing. All you have to do is ask. Yeah. You really do. And it, it's so funny how many people put roadblocks in front of themselves in my life. So many friends of mine or family members that just constantly throwing up roadblocks in front of themselves. And, and some of them would make comments to me like, you know, well, you don't understand because you're, you know, you're outgoing and you're a go-getter and this <laughs> and that. And I'm like, I do understand because – you know, yeah, I, I've learned how to work really hard to get what I want, but but it's nothing that anyone else can't do. You know, I'm not special. Everybody else, I mean, I am special. I am special. But <laughs> but just like you said, it's it's something that that is so simple and so real. And, and once you have the confidence in yourself that you can do something like that and that you can make a difference, it's very prideful and it's very fulfilling. And it makes a difference to not only people around you, but yourself, you know, it gives you value. And, and that's important in this life. And let me tell you, we do not pay our teachers enough. We do no. not. They, they have the most important job. Oh, and, and it's so sad how slighted they are, really how slighted they are. And um, I, I only uh, hope that all my teachers are doing very well right now. Absolutely. Uh, uh, same here. And uh, I'm sure whenever my wife listens to this, uh, she'll love hearing that, that whole rant. Oh, yeah. About is she teachers. a teacher? She is. Oh, is she? You know what? Both my parents are teachers. It's it's just a thing. I, I mean, teachers are just everywhere and they have to have to deal with so much. Teachers are special. And let me tell you, they have a lot more homework than the students do. That's for sure. That's but the fact. one nice one nice thing is having the summers off that that makes it that that makes i think the you know somewhat meager pay at times and and long hours and as a teacher you can't you can't go halfway you know no I mean, not at all you can't i mean i don't think in anything you can go halfway if you really want to make make something happen in your life but but teachers they have to be dedicated so it's uh i have a lot of respect for them well, uh, okay. Oh, we got so heavy. Wow. I know. <laughs> I, I, it, we're, we're just really... Uh, I know, we're getting deep here. I deep. know. All right, we got to lighten it up. Okay. Um, some jack, something, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all take a break. No. Um, I know. And back in a moment. <laughs> I'm just going to have you uh, record some voiceovers for us. That's, that, you know, it'd be Good fine. After. Let's do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have you do... Yeah, I'll have you do work and not pay you for it. How's that, that sound? That's great. You know what? <laughs> it took a while to get where I am. I'm used to doing work and not getting paid for it. <laughs> well. well, let me ask. Um, you know, we, we keep going back to the uh, do one scary thing a day. Um, and I keep bringing up fans. Um, what's what's it been like? Because we mentioned this earlier, uh, you know, talking with fans and connecting with them on Twitter mm -hmm. and Facebook and, and going to conventions. Um, what's, what's that experience been like for you? Um, just, just as a, as a human being, you know, and, and as an actress, you know, what's getting that kind of attention for some of these roles? What's it been like? 
<laughs> it has been. Oh, I wish I had just one word. There's not one word. <laughs> I mean, you guys, everybody out there, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I had no idea the love. I had no idea the passion. And I had no idea um, that that um, that gamers were so incredibly uh, dedicated to the to the games that they play and, and to the the characters that they you know uh, that they cosplay it's been phenomenal because you know I was I wouldn't call myself a gamer because now I know the true meaning of gamer and I would <laughs> never call myself a gamer I'm I'm not worthy <laughs> I'm not worthy, but, um, I played a lot as a kid and then, you know, I, I had to obviously hone my career and there wasn't a lot of time for television or gaming. I didn't have a TV for over 10 years of my life because I was just, you know, too busy working, couldn't afford cable, but you know, I just launching into back into the gaming world when it has evolved to such a degree that it's surpassing earnings of, of huge Hollywood films, you know, worldwide and, and has become, I mean, it's a superpower. Mm-hmm. So my, I've only been to a couple of conventions and, and Hey, to all you people, I see it at them conventions. Hey, um, <laughs> say hi to me. If you heard me on this, this, uh, interview, cause I'll be like, Oh yeah, you heard that interview. Awesome. Um, but uh, we going to these conventions, you know, Liam O'Brien and, and Troy Baker and Steve Bloom and all, all these guys who've sort of encouraged me to to go to more um, conventions. I have them to thank because it has been such an overwhelming experience, the love and the positive energy and 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 seeing everyone get so involved in, in something that they're um, passionate about, you know. It's it's phenomenal, and I'll I'll sit at that table as long as they'll let me and sign as many autographs as I can because I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for for everybody out there. So it it's definitely overwhelming. I was invited this year. I think some of you might have been there. I don't know. Um, over to London for MCM Expo, and I booked a movie at the last minute, and I had to pull out, and uh, I called Phil Shabazz. Uh, to see if he would like to replace me. And he'd never been to a convention. And I said, listen, you got to go. He's a TV and film actor too. And he's just done, you know, some stuff. You guys can look him up. It'll wow you. A little, you know, little little game, little game. So he, um, I sent him over there. I explained it to him. I said, you know, it's, it's an amazing experience. You really should go, you know, this, this convention I couldn't go to at the last minute. And I said, who in the world would you like to go? Can I help you replace me? I feel terrible that I can't come. And he said, well, if there's anyone I'd really like this one. So I was like, okay. And I, I got in touch with him. I got the longest email from him when he got back saying, Oh my God, you were right. That was the most amazing experience I've had in a long time. Those fans are a hundred percent dedicated wow, they're so awesome. He was like, I signed autographs for my two hours that I was supposed to sign them. And he was like, I stayed another hour because I couldn't handle looking at all those people who stood in line to wait and not, you know, signing. And I was like, yep, I do the same thing. Yeah. So I think all of us, um, when we can't, you know, it, it is hard because we, we have to work 
And, you know, some of the conventions do compensate us, which is really nice because I don't charge for pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't charge, which, you know, some people, it just depends on the convention. If the convention's paying me to be there, then, then I, you know, I don't, I, it's, I don't know. I don't charge. Um, sometimes I will, though, if any of you come and find me at conventions, I'll put out uh, a little jar for one of my charities that I work with, and I'll sign special pictures if somebody wants to donate 10 bucks to the charity. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just encouraging people to pay it forward, more or less, and, and try to help some of the causes that I'm involved with. But, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know, I think the, if I could sum it up in one word, it would just be overwhelming amazing and kind of speaking from the other side of that i think one of the reasons that a lot of uh, that as gamers that we become uh so dedicated and and so um attached to these characters is you know for for you as an as an actress you know you you go in you do your sessions you say your lines and you know you get you get the check and you go on to the next thing but um you know as as a as a consumer you know I spent, you know, 50, 60 hours with Lightning. You know, we spent, you know, ha- however many hours through the two Mass Effect games, you know, with, with Liara. So, you know, for us, it, it really is kind of, you know, we spend a lot of time with these characters and, and got to know them. So when we right. get to meet the person that, that brought that character depth and personality, it's it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And you know what? I, I'm going to go back because I'll tell you, you know, Every actor is different, but for me, it when when I go into the sessions with light, especially with Lightning and Liara, but other characters as well, because um, for as many hours as you guys play, we record. I mean, I don't even know right. way over, way over double, uh, triple, quadruple. I don't know how many hours actually. I've never added it up that I spend with Lightning and with Liara, but. And and maybe it's because I come from a theater background. I don't know. I really haven't talked to a lot of other actors about this. Um, but I love my characters. I'm so attached to Lightning. I love playing her so much because, because I know who she is. And I know what she's about. And I spend a lot of time um, considering everything that she'd been through. And it's uh, it's an investment for me. It's definitely an investment. And we spend so much time in the booth. And it is a lot of work. But it's fun. Yeah. But we really do. I mean, I'm an actor. You know, I come, I come from the stage side of things. So I really go through her emotions behind the mic, which is maybe part of the reason that people get, you know, quite attached to her. Um, as well as Liara, but Liara's a little bit more calculated. She's a scientist. She's an alien. She, you know, it took a while for her to, you know, she felt emotion, but more or less she was analyzing emotion, human emotion, you know. But with Lightning, everything just came from her core, and she never said anything she didn't mean, and and it really was a lot of uh, soul-searching to come up with the character because I, (laughs) I mean, for lack of a a better reason. I didn't know any better than to do what I do, which is act and, and to become the character through and through layer by layer. So I think for me sitting at the other end or, or on the other side of that table and, and having a fan come and stand in front of me, who's somewhat speechless and having a hard time remembering their own name. It, it, um, 
it, it really, uh, it shows me that they were just as affected as I was. And I'm telling you, I hope that in some way lightning can live on forever because I'm going to be really sad. I, I always have hope that there will be more of her. <laughs> right. I'm like, please, please, just, I don't know, come up with something else. Can't we spin off into lightning? <laughs> Final Fantasy lightning. <laughs> right. I don't know, something, because I, I don't want to say goodbye to that character. I really don't. It's hard at the end of a film to say goodbye to the character characters that you've played but lightning has been you know she's been several years of my life mm -hmm. so it's uh i'm definitely invested as well very much so so i'm glad that that seems to transcend the you know confines of the tiny little booth that i'm recording in definitely and, and just to backtrack a little bit uh, although uh, i I know that you uh, understood my man correctly, but just in case anyone is listening, it, it's not that I am by any means um, downplaying the effort, uh -huh. effort or, yeah. the, or the research that, that you guys do in the booth. Yeah, you think it's easy. You think it's easy. Yeah, I, th I think anybody can do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, anybody, you know what? Anybody can, truly. Just get behind the mic. and You know what? I, I thought anybody could do it. I really did. When I got doing it, I was like, oh, you know, this is anybody could do. But no, it's not. It's actually not. Um, it's pretty hard. But, but it's fun. I, I think the, the, the point I was trying to make, and this was what you correctly identified, is that for a lot, for a lot of actors, and not necessarily you in particular, as, as we just talked about uh, to some degree, um, but they're already on to the next role. I've, I've met actors That's where. True. That's true. Where, um, you know, they're like, somebody wants to talk about a specific role and they're like, yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. I don't really remember you know, oh, what was going yeah. on in the booth at that time. And that's kind of where, where I'm coming from. Although that's true. That's true. And you know what? Sometimes, um, other, you know, certain roles will hit you more than others. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can talk about what emotions I was going through as I was playing Rio doing the butt bump on the little, <laughs> you know, floaty in the pool. I mean, Oh my God, the emotion, the emotion. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's just one emotion, but no, you're right though. You're you're so right. There are de I think for every actor, there are roles that stick out and and that aren't just a you know a job. And then there are probably yeah, there are definitely roles that are more of a job. But some characters take more investment than others. And I guess you know the fans let us know because you guys you guys you know it, that's one amazing thing about Facebook and Twitter and having so much more direct contact is. We know who you love and who you hate and who you love to hate. <laughs> and and we know if we didn't do a good job, you know, if somebody makes, you know, we listen. And, and sometimes comments are, I, I will say sometimes comments can be unfair. And yet sometimes, you know, fans can really hit home by, by you know, getting to know their voice actors so well that they're like, I don't know if you were really invested in that. And you're like, oh, God, maybe I wasn't. That's never happened to me, but. no. And, and of course, no one on the internet would ever say anything no, Never. Never. And everything on the internet is true. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm going to go post some things up on the website real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't scare me, John. Uh, I'll, okay. Okay. I'll dial it back a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my God, this is fun. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, I'm having a blast as well. Um, well, let me ask you this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's great. It's great talking to you. You're, you're, uh, 
you give good interview, dude. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I take great pride in it. It took a long time from, I, I will never forget. Um, the first interview I did with a voice actor, mm -hmm. um, was Neil Kaplan. Oh, and, I love Neil. We worked on Starcraft two together. Mm -hmm. it, uh -huh. it was before Starcraft two even came out. Wowie. And, um, Neil walks in the room. Um, oh, live interview? Yeah, it was, it was a live interview. It was, it was at the Milton Tennessee Anime Convention. He walks into the media room. And um, I, um, you know, we're all sitting down, getting ready to, to start the interview. And I'm kind of talking him through everything. And at some point, the, you know, like I said, this is my very first live interview with an actor. Were you uh, all shaky? A little bit. And, um, <laughs> I was shaky in my first interview. I'm shaky right now. Oh, well, I'm a little bit, but, uh, you know, <laughs> after a while, it's like I have to, uh, I stuff my inner fanboy in a box somewhere and don't let him out <laughs> until after after I've uh, saved the recording. But oh, uh, That's awesome. Just make sure you poke holes in that box. I tried that with a lizard once. Didn't work so well. Uh, that's <laughs> unfortunate. Um, but I, I realized I hadn't introduced myself to him yet. I mean, um, I had sent him emails to request the interview, so. Right. But, you know, I hadn't introduced myself formally because otherwise, you know, he just knew a name behind an email. So I said, uh, I'm John, by the way. And uh, he looks at me and goes, John, by the way, that's an interesting name. Is that French? <laughs> Without skipping a beat. And I, I think this is this is what set the tone for, for my interviewing career. I said, <laughs> it's actually French Canadian. It's John by the wuh. But then you have the A at the end. <laughs> That's awesome. That's perfect. And and he kind of gave me that look. You know, if you've ever met, uh, if anyone's ever met Neil Kaplan, he's got got kind of he's this very dry sense of humor. Yes. He's a really funny guy. And he gave me one of these looks that, to me, just said, "All right, it's going to be one of those kind of interviews." Okay. Yeah. He just thought to himself, "It's on." <laughs> yes. No, he thought to himself, "Humans are tools." <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a fun interview. Really, really do uh, appreciate Neil Kaplan a lot. Um, That's really awesome. I love that. But uh, kind of rewinding back a little bit, uh, you're talking about when you do charge, it's it's for a charity. Um, what charities hmm. do you sponsor? Are uh, well, you know, I jump to help uh, any any of my friends who we all support each other, which is great. I know uh, Stephanie Shea and Steve Bloom and and. A bunch of those guys, uh, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn and Liam O'Brien as well. Everybody was working on and still is doing fundraisers, as as you noted earlier. Um, you know, Japan is still hurting, and they uh, have a wonderful charity called I Heart Japan, and yes. I like to plug plug that one. Um, I'm always at the ready to help them whenever they need help. Uh, those guys really have it together, though. They do a lot of fundraising. Um, which is fantastic. Um, I personally work with um, an animal rescue uh, called, sorry, my dog is looking at me. I'm like, that's really strange that I just said an animal rescue and Cooper's looking at me like, oh. <laughs> are, you, are you sending me somewhere? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, wait, didn't I come from there? <laughs> um, it's called Take Me Home. Um, and it, it's a, mainly primarily dogs and they help rescue a lot of boxers boxer doggies who are very misinterpreted um people think that they're a fighting breed and i believe that there's no such thing as a fighting breed it's just the people who breed them to fight yes um take me home dot tv so if anyone in the 
California, Los Angeles area, or or not, is interested in adopting an animal, uh, doggy, that's a really good one. Um, good rescue. I always encourage uh, if anybody out there is is considering bringing home a cat or a dog or a bird or an elephant or a horse or a peacock, um, please rescue rescue your animals. There's so many homeless animals out there, and the only reason they're there is because people didn't care. And there are phenomenal, phenomenal dogs and cats, especially at your local shelters. And if you walk in and, and you see animals that look like they've given up, it's just because they've been there for a few days or a few weeks. And, and they know, you know, they're not stupid. All of you out there with dogs and cats, they would know if they got dumped at a shelter on a cold concrete floor they would know that they were abandoned. So anybody out there who's interested in adopting, you know, get out there and, and grab you a rescue dog or cat because, or, or like I said, peacock or elephant, because there are plenty of animals, especially horses right now with so many people losing their property uh, with this economy. A lot right. of horses out there that are, are beautifully bred horses that are just being given up for free, basically, because people are losing their, their land. But uh, it's a phenomenal thing to rescue because, they know they've been rescued and they're on good behavior. And, you know, I've had a dog from a breeder before and she was my sweet girl. I loved her so much. And, and that dog had no fear. Let me tell you, no fear. <laughs> Boxer, nutbag, loved her with all my heart. Um, but she had no fear. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's kind of a sad thing. Uh, a lot of the, the rescue animals do have fear. They've learned to fear, but at the same time, they've also learned to appreciate and, and they're, they're just the best companions you'll ever find uh, unconditional love it's just really amazing um so that's that's one of my big organizations and i also work with an organization in charlotte north carolina that's privately funded called a child's place and uh, one of my friends helped to develop this charity and it's kind of cool teachers again thank you teachers noticing that kids in their class were not didn't have very uh the means basically to to buy new clothes or to didn't have lunch money and they kind of went out and did a little research and figured out which kids were actually homeless and living in hotels with their extended family or in cars or worse and they would secretly hand them backpacks full of food and and necessities to take home to the families so uh, and they also now have been able to purchase a building and, and have an actual building where people can come and stay if they're homeless. But mostly it's recognizing kids in school who actually are homeless but are coming to school every day and and acting as if life is normal when really they're holding inside of them this secret that they actually don't have a warm bed to sleep in. So a childsplace.org is, is the other um, sort of child rescue that I work with. Excellent. We're actually based in Tennessee, so anyone who's listening that's from our area, that's a an excellent uh, semi-local regional uh, charity oh, to go to. That's and, awesome, and and thanks a lot for by the way for taking the time. I know that um, you told me you gave me a hint at the beginning of this interview of some of the things that we might talk about, and and one of the reasons that I, I really uh, I knew that you were one of the good ones is that you uh, you asked me what charities I was involved with and what causes I was passionate about. So I really appreciate that. Oh, no problem. You, you, you flatter me with your kindness, but. <laughs> hey, what are we if we can't give back, you know? That's, that's. I mean, what, what is all, what is all this for anyway? You know, what is, what's the meaning of life if, if you can't pay it forward? Right. And, and I think a lot of it, it just makes for a better interview. And in, in my opinion, 
um, to not just talk about work, but but to talk about the person and uh, and really get to know, you know, who who it is we're listening to, who it is that that uh, their work we're so passionate about, and just really getting to know them. I can't say I've ever been disappointed. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you've interviewed some pretty amazing people, a lot of my peers, and a lot of people that I. I look up to in this industry because, man, I'm still a noob. I'm such a noob because I've only really been doing voices, especially in games, for the last few years. And and some of my uh, my colleagues have been working, you know, over ten years in the business. So I, I'm still learning, and I'm still being inspired by them, and learning from them, and and learning from you guys. Well, I think you're off to a good start. <laughs> hey, I won the lottery. I'm not going to lie to you. I. I auditioned, I worked my butt off, I trained for how many years to be a good actor, and I think I think in any business, and anything that anyone out there aspires to, um, in anything, not just acting, is, is just, you know, make sure you've done your homework before you step into the room. Uh, because as long as you've worked really hard, then when the big day comes, you're going to have a lot better chance of, of getting the job, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I, I did. I walked into a lot of right places at right times. But when I when I walked in, I was prepared. I was ready to roll. Preparedness so. is is uh, essential for anything that that you want to be good at. Yeah, and and you know, in this world where where everything seems to be instant, we've got instant information and instant food and instant you know everything. There's one thing that it can't be just add water, and that is you know, educating yourself and, and really putting time and effort and passion into something that you want because you can't, I mean, waking up over overnight and falling into something that's going to be prosperous for the rest of your life and also be something that you want to invest your heart and time and energy into. I don't know. It just, it happens so very seldom where you just, you know, you, you really, you have to do the work. And and when you've done the work, you can feel confident when you've gotten to the place that you've dreamed about and you don't have insecurities and, and you can be who you – you can be yourself because, yeah. you know, you, you have confidence. Because there's a lot of people in the entertainment industry that we read about who, you know, they kind of had instant fame with something and they their lives are just a disaster because they haven't they, – they didn't do the work to get there and they didn't build up the confidence, you know, cause with, with work, hard work comes confidence and, and, you know, self-worth. Yeah. I, I agree with that fully. Uh, just in, in anything that you do, if, if you work hard and, and you're knowledgeable and, you know, if you've gotten knocked down enough times to where you're just prepared <laughs> for anything, you know, you're going to do well. That is the key. That is the key. Getting knocked down enough times. That's true. That's so true. Because nothing's instant. Although, you know, book, booking Lightning and Liara back to back was, that was a dream come true. You know, that was pretty awesome. But you were ready when it happened. I was ready when it happened. I was ready and I was open and and uh, I was ready to scare myself and do something completely different and totally out of the realm of where my work had taken me in the past. That was totally new incredible and you know has been just an awesome ride and i can only hope that it continues on for years and years to come as long as you guys are there i'll be there hey uh they they uh they put lightning in something i'll write a check just uh (laughs) let me know 
<laughs> Let me get game making. <laughs> right. Well, Allie, you've you've been extremely uh, generous with your with your time and and been a, a blast to talk to. But uh, I know we're, I know eventually I'm gonna have to have to let you go and and move on. I and, know I, I should probably I should probably go cook dinner, huh? Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna have to write a formal apology to your husband. I think. Um, but <laughs> my dog, dude, my dog. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> but before I do let you go, um, do you have anything that that you want to bring up or say? I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. It's open mic night for Allie Hillis. Um, oh Lord, it's been open mic night. Now you've been awesome. I mean, I, I, uh, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for requesting the interview. You've been great to talk to, and um, I, I think we've. I don't know. Haven't we said all there is to say? Just about. You know, we'll see what people write in about. We might have to have another interview in the future. I don't know. I would love to do that. I'd love to get the the chance to talk to you some more. I, I'm sure that uh, if we put our heads together, we could probably talk for another hour or so, just about whatever. But uh, and, and just yeah. So maybe maybe we should hang up. You know, Skype and just you know we can just chat off the record for a while and say hey. all kinds of things. Say all kinds of things that people only wish they could listen to. That's right. Uh, for for more, you have to pay. Uh, uh, I don't know what's what's a good price for that. Uh, <laughs> should we do like a nine ninety nine dollars? I'll 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 go in half with you there. That's so funny. Yeah, I know. Well, well I'd love to help you out. Five. I know, right? I'd love to help you out with uh, any of your future charity endeavors. Anything I can do. Well, well, I've got you on tape saying that. So uh, when when you get those emails from me, like, oh man, this guy again, you know. Yeah. You heard it here. You heard it here. If I bail out, I'm sure that I'll have a lot of angry tweets. Oh yeah, if anybody out there wants to uh, follow me on Twitter, um, I'm Miss Allie Hillis. M I S S A L I H I L L I S. Um, it's at Miss Allie Hillis. Um, I do tweet. Sometimes I tweet a lot. Sometimes I don't. But um. I try to uh, try to give out fun little tidbits when I can, and I'm also on Facebook. There's a a fan page on Facebook of me holding a picture of lightning, so feel free to join there. We get into some really good conversations there, don't we, people? Holy moly, that one gets. Did I say holy moly? You did. Really? You did. Oh my god, that was my retro quote of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth move, X Lags. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Oh geez, that's another one. We should stop before this gets worse, <laughs> or or better. And, and in any case, um, Ellie, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. It's it's been a blast, and hopefully, um, somewhere along the line, our, our paths will cross again. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll do what I did for uh, Yuri and Tara, and uh, and get you over to MTAC one year. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. And if yeah, if we don't meet at the Chainsaw Buffet, then I hope I meet you somewhere else. Absolutely. But thank you so much. Uh, I wish you all the best and uh, look forward to spending spending time with you in more conventional fashions in front of my PlayStation uh, in the very near future. Oh, yes, you will.